Good morning. So grateful that you joined us you know, on this morning. Even more grateful for those of you who can that would be willing to move to 8 a.m. service. Yeah, new year, new opportunities that God's going to give us all. Uh, just want to continue to remind you, you know, we don't have a lot of room, which is why we try to want to create as much room as we can at all the services. Uh, and 8 o'clock, believe it or not, it does have room quite a bit just for you, you know, and so just know that that is our gift to you. Also, uh, for those of you who are back from our Christmas Eve services, you're one of our over 5,800 people who came to one of the services. So thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting friends. And thank you for giving us a shot at coming back. We're kicking off this brand new series called The ABCs of Financial Freedom, which is based on this book, you know, by the very same title written by Barry Cameron. Now, the author of this book is actually going to be here speaking on February 2nd. So you're not going to want to miss that as well. And so I want to encourage you, this is a gift from us to you as you start the new year. You know, a uh, Grab it, take it, you know, uh, read it. Uh, know this, you will always be preaching from God's word, but just like a good sermon, that's what these Christian books are. But it also means we don't necessarily agree with everything that's written in every single book. Just like I don't agree with some of my sermons that I preached even a few weeks ago. You know, and so there's a lot of things in there, you know, that you just kind of take, but you want to test it to God's word, you know, more than anything else. What does God's word have to say about those things? And so just don't throw out the baby with the bathwater is what I'm saying. Is, uh, you know, just because sometimes you read something like, well, I don't agree with this part. And boom, you throw the whole thing away going, no, 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 there's other great things to that. So it's a challenging book, but one that we believe is beneficial for you. Now, let's be honest. You know, most people don't want to look at their finances uh, for the same reason that we don't want to look at our bathroom scale, Right? We really don't want to know how bad the problem is. Now, there is a weight that is associated when it comes to resources. It's not a physical one, but all of us, at one point or another, have experienced some emotional, mental, and even spiritual weight when it comes to resources. I mean, think about it in your life. You know, do I have enough to be able to get what I think I should be getting? Do I have enough saved? Do I have enough for retirement? You know, do I, uh, have I spent too much and I'm now living with some of those consequences even from this past Christmas? You know, and so you, you have these kind of weights that are in our lives and God has a lot to say, which is why we're gonna take this time and go through this series. I believe again that these next four weeks, this is what God wants for you. Okay, I want to say that over and over and over. We're going to say it probably so you're, you're sick of hearing it, that this whole series is actually for your benefit. It actually is for your help because we've been operating on a way that we live and breathe and view finances. And God has maybe some different ways to view this actually beneficial for you. Now, here's what I also know about you. Even if I said that, some of you are thinking, ah, here we go. Church talking about money again. All they want is my money. That pastor can say whatever he wants. He just needs my money. You know, and so if that is you, even to a little bit, let's just kind of put that aside by me just telling you this. If you think for one second that Valley Real Life wants your money, that that is the primary reason that we are doing this series, give to another church. Okay? Just let's just throw it out there. 
There's a lot of great churches. Just ask me. I'll tell you, they'd love to receive you know, your gifts. If you have any issues as it pertains to us going through this series because it's somehow a way to get you to give your resources more to value your life, it's not. Are you gonna be challenged to give? Yes, because that's what God is going to be asking you to do because there's a different way to view finances that doesn't make sense according to the ledger, but it does make sense over time and you'll be able to see and experience that. But if you think there's some alter motive and that kind of stuff, I just wanna throw that out there and we're gonna try to repeat that on a regular basis. This series is for you. Now, just like any other hard-hitting series, it's going to prick at some things, I promise. It's gonna make some of you uncomfortable. I promise, it's already made me uncomfortable and I've already had to preach this twice. So uh, just to give you an idea, we're all in this together. So let's start with this. When it comes to money, would others describe you as a spender? A saver or a giver? So let me give you a scenario because this will probably you know, help right away. If you were leaving today and uh, we had inside every book was $1,000, okay? What is your first thought? Do I spend it? Now, when I say spend, I mean spend on yourself or on other people that you love. Are you a saver? That could be saving for yourself or for other people that you love. Or are you a giver? That means you just wanna give it away for the benefit of others. What's the first thought that comes to mind when you're handed $1,000 as you leave? So go ahead and turn to the person that's sitting next to you and answer that question. Spender, saver, and giver, and it's okay to be honest. Okay, now I realize that, you know, over time, that's why I gave you this scenario, because on Thursday I said that, and people are like, well, I'm all three. I'm like, I understand. If you're given $1,000 as you leave, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? So show of hands, it's okay to be honest. It's not bad to have one way or the other. How many guys say you're spenders? Spenders, okay. About uh, a quarter, maybe a little more than that. How many guys are savers? Is it savers? Ooh, a little bit more than that. And how many of you are givers? Okay, givers, see me after services. I'd love to talk to you about a few things. Only kidding. I know for myself, you know, that uh, I tend to be either, you know, if I got $1,000, I'd go one of two ways. It'd be spend or give. I, I have to actually be disciplined when it comes to saving. It's just natural for, for me just to kind of give it away, you know, one way or another to myself or to others. Now, all of us, let's be honest, have a perspective. We have an attitude as it pertains to finances. And how important is attitude? You know, when it comes to anything in life, when it comes to your work, when it comes to family, if those of you guys are around kids, how often do you like, you better change that attitude or I'm going to change it for you, you know, uh, but it plays itself out when uh, you're at work, right? When one person has a negative attitude, a bad attitude, very, very hard, you know, uh, to begin to change the attitude or it dictates the direction of the day. And so how important is our attitude in facing life itself and how much more important or just as important is it when it comes to our resources? And I bet most of us don't naturally think, yeah, I do have an attitude. I do have, and that's why I use the word perspective when it comes to resources. So there's a clip that I want to show you, you know, uh, from a Christmas movie actually called Family Man, uh, uh, where he is struggling where finances and resources and things have place in his life. And you might be able to identify maybe one or two things that kind of hit you as well. So go ahead and watch the screen with me now. It's perfect for your frame. Why don't you try it on? 
Might want to take an inch out of the back. Okay. Lengthen the sleeve. You look amazing in that suit. I mean, really, wow. Off the charts, great. <laughs> it's an unbelievable thing. Wearing this suit actually makes me feel like a better person. I'm gonna buy it. It's $2,400. Are you out of your mind? Come on, let's go. <laughs> she got those shoes. Those shoes were $25. Come on, take it off, all right? We'll go to the food court and get one of those funnel cakes you like. Your daddy's a crazy guy. No. No. Do you have any idea what my life is like? Excuse me? I wake up in the morning covered in dog saliva. I drop the kids off, spend eight hours selling tires retail. Retail game. I pick the kids up, walk the dog, which by the way, carries the added bonus of carting away her monstrous crap. I play with the kids, take out the garbage, get six hours of sleep if I'm lucky, and then everything starts all over again. So, so what's in it for me? Where, where are my, my Mary Janes? You know, it's sad to hear that your life is such a disappointment to you. I can't believe it isn't a disappointment to you. I could have been a thousand times the man I became. I could have been one of the richest Forbes. How could you do this to me? How could you let me give up on my dreams like this? Really, I want to know. Who are you? Maybe I'm just not the same guy that I was when we got married. You know what? Maybe you're not. Because the Jack Campbell I married would not need a $2,400 suit to feel better about his life. But I'm telling you, if that's what it's gonna take, then buy it. We'll take the money out of the kid's college fund. Forget it. We'll get a funnel cake. It'll be the highlight of my week. The attitude, the placement, the value, as it pertains to resources. God knows the effect that it has on our life or could have, you know, our life, which means it needs to have its proper place and perspective, which may be different than the way in which we have when it comes to resources. So understand this, financial freedom begins with an attitude change. It really begins with a perspective change. And this is the A of the ABCs of financial success. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. That's in your Old Testaments. Uh, this will not be on the screen as, as we kick off this new year. I want to encourage you to get into God's word on a regular basis. Uh, one of the ways to do that is through the YouVersion Bible app. If you've not received that or gotten that or download that, please do so because it also has on that app a lot of different plans that will help you walk through different subject matters or books in the Bible that will help you understand God based better, better, better based on his word. Okay. So I just want to encourage you that as we kick off this new year. And also we've got Bibles in the back as a gift from us to you if you don't have that. So in first Chronicles chapter 29, I want to give you a little bit of background 
King David, uh, who's the king of Israel, has a desire to build a temple for God, to show the world the one true God as all these other nations have gods. They say, no, here's, we want to kind of show off our God as well. And more importantly, to provide a regular place of worship for God, for the people, both inside and outside of Israel. And so he desires to do this, but God says, no, this is not going to be for you to do. This is going to be for your son to do. So he says, okay, God, I'm not going to do that, but at least let me have a part to play. So he decides to gather the key leaders of Israel and he challenges them to give, to give sacrificially to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Then he challenges all the people of Israel to be able to give and they do give, they give abundantly. And then he says some things to the people, which is where we pick up right now. And I want you to notice his attitude and his perspective when it comes to resources. In first Chronicles 29 verse 10, it says this, then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. O our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give you anything? Everything we have has come from you and we give you only what you first gave to us. We are here for only a moment, visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. O Lord, our God, even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. It all belongs to you. I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I have done all this with good motives and I've watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. Notice his attitude when it comes to resources. He says, everything in heaven and on earth is God's. He says that in verse 11. It says, both riches and honor come from God and he rules over it all. Verse 12, in God's hands, it's to make great and to give strength to all. He's the one who provides the resources. In verse 12, who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give anything to God? Notice his attitude, it's a privilege. It's not a weight, it's an opportunity, it's an honor. Verse 14, all things come from God. Verse 14, and all we gave God was already his in the first place. Verse 14 and 16. This is all an attitude. It's all a perspective that we have. And perspective is what leads us to our attitudes. So what I want to do is just for the few minutes we have left is I want to present you five attitude changes, five attitude changes. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to self-reflect. Which one of these five do you resonate? Which one do you resonate with? Which one do you say, you know what? Ooh, that is a current attitude I have. And I want to try to go to this direction with this attitude. So just try to figure out which one. Like, for example, here's the first one that we learned from King David that we might need to apply in our own life. Here's the first attitude change. Attitude change is from, I don't need a plan to if I don't follow God's plan, I don't have a prayer, right? The best financial advisors always tell you, do you have a plan for finances? Do you have a plan? How much more so does God say the same thing and have greater influence in your life and either consequence good or bad? 
How much more so does God say, do you have a plan? Have you ever thought about the plan? You know, for those of you Dave Ramsey fans, he's always talking to you. Do you know where each dollar is going? Do you have a plan for the resources that you are given? And if not, if you don't have a plan to follow it God's way, who oversees it all, then you're not going to have a prayer of experiencing the financial freedom that he wants to provide. In Psalms 20, Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says, without a vision, the people perish. See, when you don't have God's vision for our finances, then we're just doing our own thing, going our own way, and how's that working for us? Right? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And so we want to actually do something different, which is the challenge as you enter 2020 with this idea of clear vision, which is 2020 vision of God's vision for your life, for you when it comes to finances. So consider doing it God's way. What could be the harm? Especially if this is for you and for your benefit. In Proverbs 16, three says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. See, it starts with God. Sometimes people read that and be like, oh, good, I could have my dreams, my visions, my ideas, and then God's just going to bless those. No, no, no. When you commit your ways to God, committing your life to God, committing to God, I want to do it your way, your timing, and, and the way you, you describe, then all of a sudden your plans will succeed because you're following the way God designed it to be, which leads us to number two. So maybe number one was what hit you. What about number two? Here's the attitude change. From what I do with my money is my business to what I do with God's money is God's business. That can hit a lot of us in this room. I know that has been some of my case in my own past. I did this. I earned it. I'm going to get to decide where, when, and how it should be used. Until I read in Psalms 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. You and I own nothing. Even the money we made has been given to us by the gift of life that God gave us to actually have the ability to earn money in the first place. So it's all God's. And this can be very freeing to change that attitude. The one attitude is control. The other attitude is, all right, God, it's yours. So I'm going to have to be a manager or a steward of what you've given to me. And that comes with freedom. Let me give you an example. It's one way to feel the pressure of you owning your house. It's a different kind of pressure when you're managing God's house, right? You're like, oh, okay, this isn't my house. Huh? This is God's house. God's the one that gave this to me. It's, it's a one pressure, you know, to, to feel the weight that you have of providing for others, the resource. Another pressure to say, God, you're the one that's given me this provision. It carries a lighter weight to it. God, it's not my car. This is your car. God, these are not my kids. Praise the Lord, they're your kids, right? You've heard this, especially on those bad days. You need to be reminded because so often our value and our worth comes from what we think are the things that we own, including kids. And so we, we all of a sudden go super high or super low based on how they're behaving, how they're living. We go super high and super low based on our job or our job titles and all that kind of stuff, knowing that our value and who we are it's not based on those things because we don't own any of those things. It does create a different weight and it's an attitude change. It's in here, which then will be lived out. So maybe that's the one that hits you today. To be like, you know, I'm gonna walk away just with that understanding that I'm gonna not say what I do with my money is my business to what I do with God's money is his business. If I haven't hit you yet, how about number three? Okay, here's the attitude change. From there's nothing I can do to there's nothing God can't do. 
Right? I've heard this from my kids. I've heard this from my family, from my friends. And out of, at times, it's come out of my mouth as well. It's like when you, when you experience an obstacle, you're like, oh, man, there's nothing we can do. Let's give up. Let's quit. Let's just throw in the towel. That drives me nuts. That kind of attitude. Like, no, 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 no. You've got to develop perseverance, fortitude. You know, there is no I can't. You know, I can't tell you how many times my kids say, I can't do that. Yes, you can clean up your room. I promise you, you can do it. I can't do it. Like, no, 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 you can. And how much more so as you get older, do you kind of embrace that kind of mindset or attitude to say, I can't. Yes, you can. Or more importantly, yes, God can through you. I've been on this earth too long and have seen too much of what God can do that if you ever really want to fire me up, tell me something that we can't do as a church or that God won't do as part of our congregation. I'm like, no, 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 no. I've been around way too long because with all things through Christ is possible because of him. All things. So we can. There are no hopeless situations when it comes to God. It's not just finances. There are no hopeless marriages. There are no hopeless futures. There are no hopeless financial situations. I understand the weight based on things that have happened to you, could be medical, could be loss of job, and all of a sudden the bills start piling high or just dumb choices that have led to debt and situations and you're like, oh my gosh, it just seems like this avalanche that's gonna fall on me and you're like, I just can't do this anymore and say, no, 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 it's not gonna be easy, but with God, you absolutely can. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. See the attitude there? Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. So when it comes to resources, we can have an attitude that says, God, yes, you can. If I follow your will and your ways, maybe that was the one that hit you. How about number four? Number four is attitude change from giving to get something to giving for no other reason than I love God. This is probably the one that hit me the most. See, Acts 2, uh, 20 verse 35 says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And it's so easy to give hoping to receive something. I've done this with my kids. Maybe if I bribe them a little bit, they'll behave better right? So am I giving because I love them? No, I'm giving to make my life easier so they will change their attitude. I guess I'm the only one. Okay. <laughs> Done this with my spouse too. Just saying, you know, uh, there are times, you know, you're just like, you, you're trying to, you know, appease the other person. What can, I, what can I get from this? Happy wife, happy life, you know, that whole kind of thing, you know, that's out there. You and I have this mindset and yet the greatest opportunities is when you give for no other reason than out of love. Not expecting anything in return. You might get something in return, but it's not out of an expectation. It's like, I just love you. That's why I want to give to you. I just care about you. There really, really is no ulterior motive whatsoever, even good ulterior motives. Because even in the church, how much have I been raised that if I give, I might receive blessing. I give, and that's true. God does promise, and we'll talk about that in the coming weeks, of blessing upon blessing as you put him first, but yet, is that my motivation to do it? See the attitude change? And that's where I want to give. See, we keep ramping up the different attitudes. In fact, let me hit you even a little bit harder. Uh, uh, most of us, all of us, will fall into one category, one of four categories when it comes to giving. And, and the key is to recognize where are you at and the attitude behind where you might be at will be reflective of where you could be if you change your attitude. 
Like, let me give you one of the four uh, levels of giving. The first would be a hesitant giver. Maybe you find yourself as a hesitant giver. These are people who don't know if they can really trust God, right? They're like, can I really trust you? Or can I really trust the church? I mean, I, I wanna see where it goes. I wanna see where every dollar, you know, that, that, that goes. I can't trust, I can't surrender to that. So I'm hesitant on giving. Uh, these people uh, don't think they can afford to give, right? You'd see the bottom of the spreadsheet, and like, I can't afford to give. So I'm hesitant because I can't see how it actually works out because I wait to giving to the very end. Or these are people who can think of all the reasons why not to give biblically, but they struggle to find a right reason to give, right? You can find here, well, what about this and this? And let me tell you all these reasons. And yet we struggle. These would be hesitant givers, cause givers. You know, easy to give a few dollars Christmas Eve, but on a regular basis. And it's okay if you find yourself that. The key is to say, what is the attitude that is forming where you might be? Okay, the second would be obedient givers. Uh, these are people who are doing what they're supposed to do. The Bible says so, and so I'm doing it. The Bible says to give, so I'm giving. The Bible says to tithe, so I'm tithing. Tithing means 10%. Uh, it's like someone who drives the speed limit, right? Like, I, I don't want to go that much far over or under because that's what the Bible says, and I'm just going to be obedient to that. Not necessarily joyless, but also not really joyful when it comes to giving, just doing what they're supposed to do. And maybe that's where you find yourself Notice the attitude behind that. Then the third level is the abundant givers. Okay, abundant givers are people who do what they're supposed to do based on God's word, but then they go beyond. These people not only tithe on a regular basis, but they also give an above and beyond. So when Christmas Eve or something like that comes around, they've been giving regularly and they're like, ooh, here's another opportunity to give more. Not to reallocate, but to say, I'm gonna give a little bit more because I have an abundant heart to be able to do so. They go beyond what's expected, to what's exhilarating. They're full of joy and expectation about what God can do through their gifts. And then you have level four, which would be the extravagant givers. These are people who give sacrificially, meaning they intentionally go without. They intentionally sacrifice some self-pleasure or comfort or situation for them or their family in order to give, not because they have to, because they just want the joy and privilege of being able to get to. So they bring God's tithe and they give their offering, they give beyond that. They love to look for ways. How can I give today? How can I give today? How can I give today? They're expectant givers, extravagant givers, and they're excited for the opportunity to give. So the question becomes, and all of those have an attitude and a perspective behind it, right? So the question becomes, where do you find yourself today? Where do you find yourself? You can't change your attitude or perspective to identify where am I at? Are you a hesitant giver? an obedient giver, an abundant giver, or an extravagant giver? And then the second question would be, where do you think God wants to encourage you to go to next? Again, these are things that God wants for you to experience. It may be like, no, 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 God just wants my money. Trust me, he actually wants you to experience something beyond what you're experiencing right now, but it is gonna start with an attitude change. So lastly, if I haven't hit you yet, you know, at the first four, here's the last one. Attitude change number five. From honoring God with my wealth is where I want to end up someday to honoring God with my wealth is where I want to begin today. See, there's two different, different scenarios. One's an attitude like, yeah, I'll get it when I get to it. It's kind of like uh, some chores, you know, that I don't like. I got, some, I got a list, you know, of some honey to-dos that a couple years old, you know, I just you know, kind of push it off. Uh, 2021, you know, we'll finally be able to get to it. Someday I'll get around to that to actually making an attitude change to say, no, 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 
today is going to be the day. What a great New Year's resolution to say, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to try to do it God's way. See, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says this, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. See, we honor God when we give him the first fruits of all that we receive and all that we produce. So we say, God, doesn't matter whether it's a bonus, doesn't matter whether it's something I found on the street, doesn't matter what's inheritance, I am going to give to you and I'm gonna give to you first. And you watch to see what happens, how you're the one that continues to get blessed. That shouldn't be the motivation, but we see that God does that over and over and over in your life. Sometimes financially, other times in other ways. God does this. Here's how I know it to be true. It's been true in my life for 40 years. And if you don't believe me, because again, I'm the pastor, again, don't shoot the messenger. Talk to people else who are sitting around who've done it on a, on a regular basis. And you watch and you listen to their stories and you're like, well, you know, how did you do that? Well, I started giving and I started seeing what God did. I changed my attitude and perspective and it was phenomenal to see how God provided, how God blessed, how God went above and beyond in relationships, circumstances and situations in my life because I put him first when it came to resources. For those of you who are Christians, Randy Alcorn says this, it is impossible to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus without also becoming a fully developed steward of your resources. It's impossible. And we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. We gotta learn to do it God's way. And we have to follow God's plan. It sounds crazy, but that is the first step is to change our attitude as it pertains to resources. Our goal in this series is to show you a path, to show you a plan forward that is beneficial for you for your family, for your future that you will see begin to take place as you follow his steps for your life. So as we end, here's your next step. Which one of the five do you need to have an attitude changed or maybe a refocus on? So again, as we review them, the attitude changes first. Which one will you pick? I don't need a plan. If I don't follow God's plan, I don't have a prayer. Maybe that's the one. You're like, you know what? I'm going I'm to commit to following his plan. Or maybe it's an attitude change from what I do with my money is my business to what I do with God's money is God's business. That's a completely different perspective, completely different attitude. Maybe it's an attitude change from there's nothing I can do to there's nothing God can't do. You might be one that just feels like overwhelmed by the amount of debt or the amount of financial pressure that you're facing. Say, so it's not hopeless. God's going to be there with you. And he wants to walk a journey with you. Maybe there's an attitude change from giving to get something, this is mine, to giving for no other reason than I love God. What a cool attitude change that begins to happen. And then lastly, maybe it's an attitude change from honoring God with my wealth is where I want to end up to, you know what, today I'm going to start this year off by honoring God with my wealth is where I want to begin. And you see what begins to take place. Go on the journey with us, knowing that even though it's pricking maybe some of your hearts and minds right now, God is saying, this is actually still going to be for your benefit. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. And I pray that all of us would latch on to one of those attitude changes and that we would begin to have a plan and a pathway forward that represents you. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to love, to give, to serve, to lead. This is hard. Lord, this is not easy, but we surrender it to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen.